Hi and welcome. Hi and welcome. The Facts and Blog and Podcast. Hi and welcome to episode 61 of the Faction Blog and Podcast. We are in a, a little bit of a different setup though, but Change. I don't mind it. Yeah, no, I like this a lot better. Yeah, it's this, a lot quieter in here. It's like, yeah, we're one <laughs> room removed from the shop floor than we normally are uh, today because we, we're doing our Christmas party for the company early. So we are. Uh, part of our little podcasting area is being taken up uh, by raffle prizes for the staff here. So, uh, But we're very excited to be back on the show and here in a couple of weeks, we're going to see uh, Bob and Barry for the end of year review. Uh, we just finished up Black Friday and Cyber Monday, which was fantastic. And we thank you for your support for that. Uh, it went really well. And, and so yeah. glad that everybody got some of that. And we'll talk about it a little more at the end of the show. But Emily's been cooking up a 12 days of giveaways uh, for Christmas that uh, by time this post should be active. We'll so be in we'll, the middle of that. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be uh, giving out some information on that. But First things first, we have uh, another terrific guest today uh, joining the show. Emily, would you like to introduce who's with us? I would love to. So as you know, uh, I briefly had a short collegiate career in international skeet shooting uh, with Lindenwood back in the day. Um, so that's what I did in college was international skeet. And a lot of people don't really know a lot about that. Um, but some people may have heard of, you know, Kim Rohde, one of our most decorated Olympians. That's a sport she competed in. Uh, and that's also a sport that our guest today, Caitlin Connor, competed in. Uh, Caitlin is awesome. She's also a competitive shooter, but she's also an instructor. She's doing a lot for the sport. She's done a lot for the sport. And we have run into each other over the course of our careers, but never really gotten to sit down and chat. So this is a really exciting day because we have a lot of mutual friends. We have kind of cross paths in our career in the shooting industry. Mm -hmm. And now we're in two very different spots. You know, I'm here with you and she is getting ready to do some awesome things with the Paralympic team. So we're excited to welcome her to the show and hear just about her journey and what she's doing now. So hi, Caitlin. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here with us. I love, you know, anyone out there that knows what international skeet is knows that we are insane. We're oh. crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> It's terrifying, actually. <laughs> oh, oh, terrifying is a great word for it. But um, but to start off, I mean, really, you know, we also get started somewhere. So, you know, just give us like a little bit of background about just you as a person. Like, where are you from? What got you into the shooting sports? And how did you kind of get to the beginning of your amazing shooting career? Yeah, so I am from Louisiana and I started in 4-H shooting sports in my hometown of Winfield, Louisiana. Uh, from there, I found out about the Scholastic Clay Target program and I kind of went on that. I was with, uh, I shot sporting clays uh, first and then I believe it was 2006 or 2007 is when I met Kim Rohde for the first time and I actually met her at the Detroit Gun Club at the Scholastic Clay Target program. And from then on, I got on the plane and I told my coach and I told my mom, I was like, I'm, I'm switching to international ski. I'm going to try everything I can to make an Olympic team. And I've kind of just been doing that ever since then. So I try to still shoot as much sporting clays as I can. I was on Team USA for FITAS in 2009. And I've been shooting international skeet since 2007. So been on the team since 2008. 
the national team and I've traveled to, oh my gosh, like 17 different countries. Crazy. I think honestly, that's like the best part of it. (laughs) Traveling. Everybody in the competition. It's just, it's great. Yeah. So, I mean, what is, uh, what is a typical day for you look like? Because I mean, if, if we kind of look at your, your resume, if you will, and all the things you have going on, you say you've you've traveled so much, you've, you've had to do all this, you know, different stuff. What is your, your normal day to day as a, you know, as a professional athlete, as a, as a trainer, you know, uh, when you're not, uh, maybe getting ready for an event, you know, what are, what are you doing in the, in the sport? So a typical day for me uh, looks like I try to go to the gym in the morning and then um, hit the range. I don't like to shoot every day. Uh, right now, I'm about I my training plan requires three days a week. Right now, uh, it's kind of the winter season. Uh, I go out and I shoot at least uh, four boxes, four rounds, and uh, anywhere from four to four to eight boxes a day is kind of where I'm at on with my training plan, I do drills, rounds, everything to kind of get prepared right now. I'm training for our selection match. Uh, it'll be held in Tucson, Arizona in January. So getting ready for that. But so I've, I've lived in a few different places throughout my career. Like right out of high school, I lived at the Olympic training center in Colorado Springs. And, uh, from there, I, I lived there for about, Oh, four or five years, I think. And then I went back to Louisiana, graduated from LSU. That was always my dream. I was like, no matter what, I'm going to go to LSU or I'm going to graduate. So (laughs) I got that done in 2016. And then in 2018, I moved back to Colorado Springs to train. And now I, my husband and I, my husband, Dale Royer, he shoots bunker trap. We just moved to a lot of people don't know this yet, but we just moved to Hillsdale, Michigan. So we are living and training here and it is very cold here. I don't know. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Colder than Colorado. <laughs> For sure. I don't know how to handle the cold. <laughs> I know. I was going to say you're from Louisiana, so you're used to the warm, right? The warm sure. and the mucky. Yeah. yeah loves it. And he's like, it's fine. And I'm like, this is not, this is not okay. People should not be. <laughs> If I'm not hunting right now in this cold, I should not be out here training for sure. <laughs> well, so I, I am curious, you know, uh, Emily told you that, you know, uh, international ski is probably extremely down low on my knowledge base list. You know, for, for people who aren't familiar and are like me that just kind of grew up and their grandpa had a, you know, a pigeon thrower uh, in the backyard. You know, what, you know, goes into competitive international skeet shooting? Kind of what's the sport? What's a typical competition like? And how may it differ from, you know, people's preconceived notions of, of the sport? Right. So everybody pretty much knows what American skeet's like. Anytime you mention skeet, they're like, oh, yeah. So it's honestly nothing like that. <laughs> so, take what you know and then just throw it away you don't you don't know anything the only thing that really stays the same is the targets come out of a high house and a low house and that's honestly about the same um our targets are flying at about 65 miles an hour and instead of having our gun shouldered mounted we have to start with our gun at a designated line that's on our vest. So it's a little bit lower. And on average, it's typically you have to start the gun at the top of your hip bone is 
a good example, I guess. And you can't mount the gun to your face until the target is visible. And also when you call pull, there is a one to three second delay before the target comes out. And that's, that's pretty different from any other uh, shotgun event because pretty much anytime you call pull, the target's coming out except for international ski. So it's a lot of patience for yeah. sure goes in. Um, and then each round is 25 targets. Our sequence is a lot different from American skeet. We have a lot more doubles incorporated and yeah, that's about it. I don't know. Yeah. So like, I mean, you know, with American skeet, basically, you know, you're shooting from the high house to low house and you're only shooting doubles from like the first two stations and the, you know, the second to last station or whatever. But like, with international ski, you're shooting doubles from like everywhere. <laughs> you're shooting doubles wherever you can. And it's crazy. It's so funny when I try to explain it to people or I hear other people explain it. It's like, oh, and this. Oh, and this. Like, oh, and there's a delay. Oh, and you're not mounting it yet. Like there's I feel like someone just sat down and was like, how can I make this as difficult as possible? You know, like what else can I add that's going to make it trickier? Yeah. But this is one of the sports that is an Olympic clay target sport. So there are a few different Olympic clay target sports. Caitlin, why don't you run us through like a couple of different ones for us? Yeah. So for on the shotgun side uh, right now, all we have is international ski and international trap. It also goes by bunker trap. Um, so Oh man, do you want like a example <laughs> bunker? Oh man, bunker. We're not even going to get into bunker. Basically, the targets are below the ground, Dustin. They're in the ground and they ah. come shooting out of the ground. <laughs> gotcha. That sounds There's fun. 15 machines. There's 15 machines in the ground in front of you and um, there's five stations and each station has three machines designated to that station and each shooter will get two lefts, two rights and one straightaway target. They can have the gun mounted, but when they call pull, they have, they don't know which direction the target's going in left, right, straight away. Gotcha. So, rundown of, um, yeah. uh, then there's uh, we have rifle and pistol uh, through USA shooting and, um, we're also starting to get into a uh, paratrap. So I'm really excited about that for sure. So I know uh, the rest of the world's kind of been, been getting really busy um, making teams and everything for that. And um, the USA is starting to form teams too. So I'm excited to see, hopefully uh, para paratrap will be in the Olympics. We're hoping for uh, 2024, but definitely by 2028. So we're trying to get that pushing forward to get in there for sure. I was gonna say, and you're you're getting involved in that quite heavily, correct? I am. So since we moved to Michigan, um, it's kind of been our we've been tasked with uh, trying to get a Grand Prix or a Para World Cup here for next year. So looks like we're gonna try to have a, a Para Grand Prix here in May of next year, and. Um, Anyway, we'll get all that stuff put on the website and everything, all the information, but it's open to all countries and we're hoping that we can get a good turnout, especially here in the United States. I'm hoping we can grow things. We have a few paratrap shooters right now, um, but hopefully we can get a little more. I'd really love to partner up with like Wounded Warriors and programs like that to hopefully get get more athletes out here involved. I mean, every, anybody who loves shooting, let's let's get them out here. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta ask, what's it like living at the Olympic training, 
you know, world, uh, you know, especially as a, you know, in the shooting sports. I mean, what's, what's that like? You said it was like right after high school for you. So you're like fresh out of school and you're just hopping in and going and training and, and, and living that life. You know, what, you know, what are, are like the, I guess, you know, I think people might assume what it's like, or maybe when they see footage, when stuff is playing on competitions on TV or whatever, but you know, you know, what was that like? And do you think it really, you know, helped you with your sport? Do you think you, you benefited a lot from it? Uh, I do. So I graduated high school in 2009 and I moved out to Colorado Springs, moved into the training center. Uh, there were quite a few of uh, shooting athletes there, rifle, pistol, and shotgun athletes. We had a really big shotgun program at that time. And it was great to go from training by yourself at home to training with juniors that are on their way up to the top and even open athletes that are living there too, trying to make their Olympic dreams come true. That was definitely, it was an experience for sure, but definitely definitely built a lot of character and definitely helped me as a, as an athlete. And I think one of the most exciting parts is it wasn't just shooting athletes there. I mean, everybody was there. So, I mean, you go into the cafeteria and you're having lunch a table over from Michael Phelps and stuff like that. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Too. So cool. But <laughs> it's, it was, uh, it was, it was super fun. Definitely. It was a lot of fun. That's so, awesome. So what is your, uh, uh, you know, uh, primary arm? Like what, do, what is it that, that you shoot or are there some like standards about, you know, uh, what type of firearm you could use in certain competitions and, you know, maybe what's your go-to? Yeah. So for the international games, everyone's shooting a 12 gauge shotgun and I shoot a, I now shoot a Beretta DT 11 and, um, right now there there's, you typically see three, three of the main guns you see on the international stage are Kragoff, Parazzi, Beretta. Um, and that's, we have other people here in the States are shooting Zoli's, Blazers, Brownings, all of that stuff too. But you're the more, the more you see overseas and everything are the top three, the Kragoff, Parazzi, Beretta. And it, they just hold up longer, I think for all of the rounds we shoot. I mean, we're typically shooting, I don't know. I know I counted all of the rounds I shot one year, including practice. And it was around like 72,000 rounds a year. So wow. we definitely wow. want something that's going to hold up for all of that. And I think that, yeah, that's about it. That's is, crazy. Is there, you know, with, I mean, I know with, uh, you know, some of the other athletes and competitions, you know, for Olympic or just, you know, world games and things like that, you know, you have like training staffs and, and all that sort of jazz, you know, what goes into it for a shooting sports, you know, team, it, it, do you have gunsmiths that are there with you or do you have to work on that sort of stuff yourself or, you know, kind of, kind of, how does that get taken care of? Yeah. So I, um, you definitely want to know how to fix something. If something breaks for sure. I, I used to shoot a Craig off. I shoot a Beretta now. Uh, so, uh, when I shot my Craig off, I carried a extra receiver with me in case something went down, I could swap it out. Now I shoot a Beretta and I'm going to have to figure out how to change my triggers. If something happens, I don't really know how to do that yet. That's what I'm <laughs> leaning on my husband for to be there. So, yeah. <laughs> but we don't have any gunsmiths that go with us. No, if something, something goes wrong, you always want to have a backup plan, whether it be a backup gun or something. So you can kind of fix it right then. I think we only have, if we have a malfunction in a competition like that, I think we have three minutes to fix it or wow. find another gun. So yeah. if we want to 
man, what's going on? That's crazy. You know, I've, I've seen people break their guns on the line before. And yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, uh, I mean, this sport, you know, we don't get a lot of the same resources that, you know, like, like Michael Phelps does, <laughs> you know, um, and a lot of other sports, you know, you think about it, they're not really using as much equipment as, you know, a shotgun shooter is. Yeah. It's um, like medical trainers and stuff that they need. Exactly. On exactly. You know, when you have, and everybody's got different guns and everybody's got different machinery they're using, you know, different ear protection, different eye protection. There's a lot of equipment that goes into being, you know, a competitive shooter, especially on the world stage. And, you know, you look at Caitlin's resume. I mean, we'll put a link for it in the show notes, but you know, you've got a long list of different world cups and just different competitions all over the world. And that's one thing, you know, I'll mention to Dustin, you can clarify here, Caitlin, but you know, the way to get to the Olympics as a shotgun shooter, it's not like gymnastics where you go to a few competitions and then you have that one big competition at the end that you have to do well in and you're chosen. It's a long process and it's a big system, right, Caitlin? Uh, yeah, in a way it's, that's the crazy part. I know we were talking about like the layout of ski. Well, that's one thing that they always change too, is for the last every quad. So every four years we're getting ready for the Olympics. It's like they change how to shoot international skeet. So we have different, different layouts and stuff. And it's honestly the same exact way for the Olympic selection. It has mm. been different. I cannot say that it's been the same two years in a row. It's been so different on how you make an Olympic team. And, uh, 2015, when I took a silver medal at the world championships in, uh, Morgan craft, she took the gold medal. Yep. And, uh, then for the 2016 Olympics, we were shooting for points. So however you did at world cups and the world championships, you had like a point accumulation and then that's what put you on the Olympic team. So, at that competition at the world championships in Italy with Morgan, it was so crazy because she and I were so close in points and it literally came down to the final and it was going to be whoever placed higher in the final me or her. And then it got down to, we were in the, uh, the gold medal match. So it was literally like whoever won worlds was going to the Olympics. So that was so crazy, but that was still like one of the highlights of my career for sure. Even though I took silver, like it was awesome. And just seeing that whole thing go and how well Morgan shot and making the team and everything. And then, oh man, what happened? 2016. So, okay. So this one, this one was different too. 2020. Um, this one actually came down to a fall selection and spring selection match. So it was a 250 target match combined. So it equal 500 targets. And that's how we decided the 2020 Olympic team. And that's kind of waiting kind of like down to the last minute. Uh, we had the whole quad and we're all shooting. Well, I actually won the world championships in 2018 and I won the Olympic quota spot for the U S to be able to compete in women's ski at the 2020 games. So like it really, 2020 really didn't matter how you performed throughout that whole career. It just came down to those last two competitions. Anyway, I didn't do that great there, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> we, we all have our days, right? But, but yeah, like she said, it, it comes down to like points accumulation. You know, you go to these different world cup matches all over the world and you, you kind of accumulate points based off of how you perform at those matches. So, you know, you're having to perform consistently well over a period of, you know, sometimes years, Mm -hmm. to be able to come close to being on a national team or even being on the Olympic team. So I, our sport's definitely unique in that way, but you know, 
it's it's a, it's really cool to see people like Morgan Craft. You know, I got to go to college with her and she's awesome. And she got to compete, you know, in the uh, the previous Olympics before these last ones. And that's that's really cool that you got to get down to the wire with her, Caitlin. Yeah, that was it was awesome for sure. One of the top highlights for sure of my shooting career. You know, I've, I've asked this, you know, we've had different, you know, competitive shooters on, you know, we've had people who do things like the tactical games and, and we have, uh, uh, people who do, uh, well, we actually just had one of your former, uh, comrades at Georgia Southern for, yes, uh, we for talked rifle. about Olympic air rifle, small bore rifle. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things I always ask, you know, to, to you folks is, you know, how does someone you know, who is interested in pursuing this path? I mean, how, how do you get started? You know, it, it seems like at least to the uh, public perception that there's probably a lot more gymnastic studios than there are, you know, uh, places where you could go train to be, you know, a, a clay target shooter or shoot international skeet or even small bore and air rifles. So, you know, how, maybe how did you find yourself getting into that, you know, but, you know, while you're in high school or what have you, and, and what would your advice be to, uh, you know, to, to young folks now, um, that are interested in getting into it competitively? Yeah. So I started, like I said, in 4-H and I went through this class, a clay target program, and I found out about the Olympic sports through that. And, uh, the best way right now, I think if you want to go on like the more Olympic side of things and you want to be an Olympian and make that Olympic team for shooting, the best place to start is usashooting.org. And that kind of tells you the pathway to make it. It'll tell you the competitions. The best way, um, obviously, is starting as a junior. I think that's one of the best ways to get started. For start sure. early, yeah. <laughs> um, so we have the Junior Olympics. Uh, they should be held here in Hillsdale, Michigan next year. And then we have our national championships. And then we have our selection match in, uh, let's see, in January. And then there's a junior selection in March, I believe. So it's just finding out what those competitions are and is not being afraid. Like you have to figure out what to do at some point. So just go out there. I mean, somebody's going to talk to you. We're going to help you out for sure. Help you get on the right path, whatever you need to know rules. Just don't be afraid. Get out there, try it, sign up for a competition, contact me, whatever you need to do for sure. (laughs) Yeah. It's especially like you said, the SCTP is an awesome organization. You know, they've got youth programs kind of all over the country. And that's, that's how I got started. I went to an SCTP. It was an Olympic clay target uh, clinic. So like they had bunker and they had ice skeet that they were kind of showing us how to do. And coming from a background in cowboy action shooting, I was used to that low mount. So they were like, Oh, this is usually the toughest thing for people to grasp. So we're going to put you there. And I just kind of started to like it. Mm-hmm. We crazy. I don't know. But I started to like it. And that's, you know, what I did in college. So like, like you said, you know, I encourage people look into it early because it's, you know, it may not be as well known as gymnastics or basketball, but you can get a collegiate scholarship for this. You can go live at the Olympic training center. You could be a professional athlete um, with shooting. You know, if it's something that you're passionate about and that you want to perform well at, I mean, that's something you could do. Like, you know, like Caitlin, what are you, what are you up to now? So what is your, I know you're in Hillsdale. What, what is it you're doing now? What's next for Caitlin Connor? Yeah. So right now I'm in Hillsdale. My husband and I are both assistant coaches to the Hillsdale college shooting team. So 
please apply. <laughs> we want really good team guys, really big team. That, that was always one of the big, big teams that we shot with the nationals. So good one. Yeah, for so, sure. um, so we're here, we're helping out with that. And then we're also tasked with, uh, growing more scholastic clay target programs, 4-H programs, high school programs, and, we're trying to put as many competitions on the calendar as we can for next year for the juniors to come in and figure it out, whether they want to stay with the American side of things, whether they want to go sporting clays route, or if they want to hit this Olympic, this Olympic path, you know, so we're really excited for that. And hopefully we can spread the word and get more people involved. Very good. That's awesome. Yeah. Growing the sport. I love meeting people that are growing the sport. You know, it's, it's, it's important to get our youth out there and safe and just excited about clay targets. I mean, that's clay targets are the reason I'm sitting here today. So, you know, I, I love, I love meeting other people that want to grow the sport because that's just, that's how we're going to keep the sport alive and keep the fellowship of firearms going. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Well, what are some ways that if people do want to maybe uh, see these schedules and, and figure out more about what you're doing, whether it's with the collegiate team or, or with the national teams, um, you know, uh, feel free to throw a few out. We'll make sure to get like uh, all the links in our show notes, uh, factsandfirearms.com slash blog, click on episode 61. Uh, but Caitlin, what are some, you know, some high point things that people could go and check out if they want to learn more about uh, you, what you do and, and uh, the, the sport tracks in general? Uh, so the main ones I can think of right now, I would say definitely go to usashooting.org. Uh, look them up. Um, you want to go to it's uh, shootingsports.hillsdale.edu. And that kind of gives you the uh, calendar of events for next year. I know through USA Shooting, we're going to have quite a few, quite a few events here. A lot of, a lot of like gateway events to get you in. And um, then I would look at, this is for the parasite of things just to kind of give people an idea of what they can look forward to and kind of what's out there. A lot of people don't know about it. A lot of people don't know about like just shooting in general, but let alone parachuting. So I'm really excited for that, but I would go to a uh, world shooting um, parasport. I'd look that up online and that'll give you a lot more information on that side of things. And there's always, there's like a range in almost every state. So the best thing about that for skeet is, if you have an American skeet field, it can be converted to an international skeet field. It's just tightening up the springs and setting the targets to where they need to go to. Bunker is a little more challenging, but there are quite a few bunkers in the United States too, private and public. And uh, USA Shooting should have that posted online too, as far as where those bunkers are at. And it's just go online and uh, go on USA Shooting and see there's a lot of PTOs. They're called preliminary tryouts. Um, they don't really mean anything, but it's good for you to kind of get your foot in the door with those. And I guess get the, get the nerves off to see, you know, so you're more comfortable with, with the, how the round is and how the competition goes and everything like that. Very good. Awesome. Well, this was great, Caitlin. This is like a nice little walk down memory lane for me. And, and, you know, for those of you out there that don't know a lot about international skeet, definitely look it up. Cause what Caitlin's doing, I mean, I did it a little bit in college and even that was, that was scary. I mean, she's right. It, the nerves can be a yeah. lot. So the fact that, you know, this is Caitlin's basically your profession. I mean, sh you're a strong minded individual, Caitlin, <laughs> and we're, we're so excited. We got to talk to you today and um, we're excited to see what you do with the Paralympic team. 
Yeah, me too. I'm very excited. And also reach out to me too. If you need, I, you can find me on Instagram, the Caitlin Connor. And, um, I would love to help anybody who's interested in starting trap, ski, sporting clays, anything. So just let me know. Have can answer any questions. Very good. That. Well, we'll have all those links, including Caitlin's Instagram handle again at factionfirearms.com slash blog. Click on episode 61. So Caitlin, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks, thank Caitlin. you. All right. Well, before we wrap up this week's episode, like we mentioned at the top, uh, you know, the Christmas celebrations aren't over. You know, Black Friday's over, Cyber Monday's over, but we still have some now more stuff. Now, now it's officially Christmas. Officially! There was Christmas music playing in our office today. I demanded it. <laughs> Michael Buble, he serenaded us. Uh, so Emily has been working on a 12 days of uh, giveaways. And so what you could do right now is go to factsoffirearms.com and uh, just go slash 12 days, one, two days, and uh, the information will be there. But if you want to tell the folks who are listening um, kind of how that setup's going to be, like how do they enter, what do they need to do, kind of what are some items that are up for grabs? Of course. Well, it's going to be like all of our other giveaways. We're going to have a viral sweep form for you guys to fill out. Uh, but the way this one will be different is this giveaway is going to last 12 days and each day we're picking a different winner. So each day is going to be kind of like a mini facts and bundle uh, with another company. So we've got Lockdown, Caldwell. We've got True Shot, just to name a few. So we'll have some ammo. We'll have some gun tools. We'll have some gear for the range, all coupled with some of your favorite facts and products. So we've got barrels, handguards, some of our new comps, all sorts of different stuff from our lineup, as well as some awesome accessories to go with that. So just some little stuff, you know, whether you want to keep it for yourself, throw it in the stocking of a loved one, you know, whatever you want to do. I personally, you know, might keep one part of it, give yeah. the other part. Yeah. There you go. You're getting a couple different things, Yeah. but it'll be great. You know, we'll have different daily entry options. So even if you don't win the first day, you can come back the next day, visit those websites, gain extra entries as the giveaway goes on. So you're going to want to make sure to check back in every day, see what the new package is for that day, see what we're giving away next and make sure you get those extra entries and yeah. win some awesome stuff for you or to gift. Yeah. So this will be one kind of giant long giveaway with different winners, uh, pick each day. So go back to that same page. Uh, you won't have to fill out your stuff again if, uh, as long as you're on the same device. I yeah, suppose. yeah, exactly. uh, yes, yeah. But then, uh, in, and we will be adding daily, whether it's uh, daily visits to websites or blog posts or, or social posts. Um, so make sure you're checking back each day. And, and that's something we do with all of our giveaways. We, we try to yes. add things as the giveaways go along for you to get as many extra entries as you can. So again, factsandfirearms.com slash 12 days, again, one, two days, and, uh, all the information will uh, be there. And, uh, you know, you could try. Yeah, you it's it's going to, it's going to be a good one. The packages are going to get bigger as the days go on too. So you don't want to just enter and be like, Oh, I didn't win day three. I'm out. Yeah. You want to make sure that you're keeping an eye on it because the packages are only going to get better as the giveaway goes on. Very good. All right. Well, thank you again for watching episode 61. Don't forget to go to the page factsandfirearms.com slash blog. Click on episode 61 to uh, get all the links to everything that Caitlin was talking about, uh, about international skeet shooting and the Paralympic team and so much more. So make sure you check that out. And uh, here in a couple of weeks, make sure you're all subscribed and signed up uh, for our annual year in review episode with the Faxons themselves. So again, uh, find us on all of your favorite platforms, hit the subscribe button, leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. So thank you for watching and listening this week, and we'll see you for episode 62. I love, I love the Faxon blog and podcast.